Welcome to the Dr. Berg's Healthy Keto and Intermittent Fasting Podcast, where Dr. Berg takes you on the journey for the truth about getting healthy and losing healthy weight. So I keep getting this question over and over and over and over again. So I'm going to do another video on this topic. People want to know, is it healthy to alkalize my body? Okay. The truth is, it's better to acidify your body than to alkalize your body. Let me explain. First of all, we have this scale of pH. And at 7, we have neutral. Okay. Anything higher, like in 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, you get a pH that's more alkaline. Okay, so the numbers that go higher are more alkaline. The numbers that go lower, like 6, 5, 4, are more acid. And for every whole number you're going lower from 7 to 6, you're getting a compound effect by the factor of 10. So, for example, if you have a pH of 5, that is 10 times more acid than a pH of 6. Okay? All right, so that's what pH is. You have a lot of different parts of the body that have a lot of different pHs. The one that's really significant is the stomach. The stomach should be extremely acid, like between 1 and 3. Now, if we compare this to the different fluids of the body, the stomach is the most out-of-range pH okay, in the entire body. And so you have the stomach, which is kind of like the main organ that is at the very beginning of the digestive cycle or the chain of events. And so if that stomach doesn't work right or you have a problem with it, from that point on, nothing else can work right. And the reason I'm bringing up the stomach is because you have various enzymes that are activated by your pH. In other words, enzymes, those things that help you with digestion, those magical little proteins that allow all the biochemistry to work are controlled by an optimum pH. For example, pepsin, which is in the stomach, which helps you digest protein, works and is activated between the range of 1.5 and 1.6. I mean, that's a very narrow range, and that's extremely acid. So pepsin will not work in an alkaline stomach. Okay, that means you're not going to be able to digest protein. And if you're not digesting protein, that can end up in the small intestine as undigested protein, and it can start creating putrefaction and create all sorts of problems throughout this entire chain of events because you have like at least 30 feet of intestines, right? So you can imagine if you have undigested protein at the very beginning part, what happens at the very end part. Then we have lipase, which is an enzyme that helps you digest lipids or proteins. That works in the pancreas at, in an alkaline pH. Now, there's another lipase in the stomach that works in an acidic pH at 4 to 5. But the lipase in the pancreas works in an alkaline state. So you have different enzymes in different parts that create different effects. And then you have amylase, which helps you digest um, starches, right? And that works in a slightly acidic to a neutral pH. ATP, the energy currency of the body in the mitochondria, works at a pH of 9. That's very alkaline. And then arginase, which is another enzyme to help you break down arginine, works in a pH of 10, extremely alkaline. So what you need to know is that these magical enzymes that do their work cannot work unless they're at their optimum pH. Okay, so why is that significant? 
because if you start to alkalize your body, whether you're using baking soda, calcium carbonate, and acids, you're going to create dysfunction throughout the entire digestive system. It's going to create a cascade of effects that's not going to be good if you alkalize your body. Why? Because the stomach is the main first digestive organ. It's in the beginning part, okay? And also, the acid in your stomach triggers the bile release, which is alkaline, and the pancreatic enzymes, it's like bicarbonates, from the pancreas that helps neutralize the acid. Both of those things are triggered by the acid stomach. So in other words, if you were to instead acidify the stomach, you start to activate enzymes that help you break down proteins, and now we're going to have a more complete digestive chain of events. And incidentally, 22% of the population has low stomach acids. That's called hypochlorhydria, okay? I'm going to list out the symptoms of low stomach acid. Heartburn, gas, bloating, food allergies, mineral deficiencies, GERD, which is treated with antacids, by the way, because you're having acid reflux, gut infections, because the acid is supposed to kill off the microbes, malabsorption, because the acid in the stomach is supposed to help you absorb certain minerals, you're not going to be able to absorb B12 that well, and also you're at risk for cancer in the stomach if you don't have enough acid in your stomach. But the other point I want to bring up is to have a strong acid stomach, it's not always necessary to take an acid, okay? Because to make hydrochloric acid, a lot of times you just need the raw materials. You need chloride, for example, that comes from salt, which I would highly recommend consuming sea salt. So if you're low on chlorides, you can't make hydrochloric acid. You also need sodium, potassium, zinc, and even iodine to make hydrochloric acid. However, a lot of people see improvement by drinking just regular apple cider vinegar and retain hydrochloride, which actually can help you acidify the stomach as well. But here's the point. You're going to be much healthier if you attempt to acidify the body than to alkalize the body, simply because the stomach is the first huge significant organ of digestion, and it's very, very acid. And so when you start to alkalize the stomach, now we create a problem through the entire rest of the digestive tract. All right, thanks for watching. Hey, before you go, if you're benefiting from any of my content, I would love to hear about your success story. Please share it in the link down below.